Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a familiar scene. It's been the decoration for the Christmas cards you received. It probably sits upon your mantle or some other place of pride in your household. It may even decorate your lawn. Uh, we have here just a, a small version of it, a nativity scene. Capturing the wonder of that night which we celebrate this night, the birth of of our Lord Jesus, the Son of the Most High, the Son of God, placed in the feed box of a donkey because there was no other room for him. Oh, we clean up the scene a little bit with uh, our nativity sets, uh, and this is appropriate to do. The scene, though, is so familiar that we might begin to forget the sheer inconvenience of it all. Not that this was the first inconvenience which Mary had experienced. The journey from Nazareth, while so very pregnant, 
most likely on foot in winter, to say nothing of that surprise announcement nine months beforehand by the angel Gabriel telling her that she would be the mother of our Lord when she hadn't yet even been married to Joseph, her betrothed. And now the humble, even humiliating circumstances of Jesus' birth. All because the people of Bethlehem could not be inconvenienced with finding a more suitable place for this young mother. Oh, I can hear you now. You say, well, things would have been different if I had been there. This is what we tell ourselves, but I don't think so. We'd like to think that we would be more hospitable than the inhabitants of Bethlehem were, but we're just like them. We who wouldn't be inconvenienced and won't be inconvenienced to personally care for the neighbor, the stranger, the poor right in front of us, whom we can see, think things would be different if somehow we were transported back in time to the other side of the world? Deep down, we humans don't want to be inconvenienced for anybody for any reason, while simultaneously expecting that everyone should be bending over backwards to satisfy our every whim and desire. This is sin. This is why we need a Savior. To the, sin, to the ears of sinners like us, that is perhaps the most inconvenient part of this story. It is the one aspect of our lives where we are completely and utterly in need. Salvation. And yet we don't want to trouble God. Oh, it's all right, God, I've got this. I'll let you know if I need anything, God. We may fool ourselves with such self-justifying talk, but God is not fooled. And in the person of Jesus, he keeps on exposing our dependence upon him. If those in Bethlehem on that first Christmas night found the presence of a very pregnant Mary to be inconvenient, they hadn't seen or heard anything yet. For the words of her child Jesus when he was all grown up were more inconvenient still. Here's just a small sampling from Mark chapter 1. Repent and believe the good news. From Luke chapter 13. Unless you repent, you will all perish. From Mark chapter 9. Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. From John chapter 3. No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. From John chapter 6, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. From John chapter 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. And from John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. The religious leaders of Jesus' day found, word, found Jesus and his words that he spoke so inconvenient that they conspired to put him to death. Unless they be further inconvenienced by this Jesus, they even hurried along his execution so that their holiday plans would not be interrupted. The political leaders of Jesus' day found him to be inconvenient too, so they washed their hands of him and sent him off to be crucified. To his disciples, what was most inconvenient of all is that this long-awaited Messiah, their Savior, would die on a cross. They couldn't believe it. Not Judas who betrayed him, not Peter who denied him, to a man they all deserted him. And so it was that Jesus died in much the same way as he was born, in humiliating circumstances, with only his mother and a few other outcasts nearby. But that's not the end of the story. The God who surprised the Virgin Mary with the announcement that she would be the mother of our Lord surprised everybody when Jesus rose from the dead on that Easter morning. For those who had orchestrated his execution to say that Jesus' resurrection was inconvenient is to put it mildly. But for all people, even those who betrayed, denied, mocked, and killed him, Jesus' death and resurrection is cause for great rejoicing. For by his death and resurrection, Jesus accomplished for us the salvation which the angel proclaimed to the shepherds on the hill outside of Bethlehem on that first Christmas night. God delivered this salvation to you in baptism where he put the, to death that old sinner in you and raised you to walk in newness of life, your sins forgiven, every last bit of them. Trusting in this promise then, we follow Jesus and we allow our lives to be inconvenienced by the needs of our neighbors, family, friends, even strangers, even our enemies. Though in Christ, we don't think of it so much as an inconvenience. For we know that in making room in our lives for the needs of our neighbors, we make a place for Jesus. So too, we trust that Jesus, who came down and found no place to lay his head, has gone to prepare a place for us, and that he will come again to gather us unto himself, that where he is there we may be also. And on that last day he will raise us up to live with him forever. Truly, this is the good news of great joy that is for all the people. In the name of Jesus, amen.